But then during COVID, they claim because people were so bored that they were just watching TikToks all day, they like totally blew up. So now they're the first and second, Charlie, then Dixie. Um, First and second most popular on TikTok. And then they moved out to Los Angeles. They got this huge, beautiful, modern house that looks exactly like all other nouveau riche Los Angeles modern houses and you know now they then they had like a eight-part reality show but it actually wasn't even marketed as a reality show it was Mm. more just like this is who they are but you know what I mean like usually it's like a new reality show the D'Amelio show but instead it was just like here's like a behind the scenes look at these TikTok stars so it was more like a documentary than a reality show. Yes. Very like inside their home. Like what's, what is the daily life like for a 15 year old TikTok superstar? Mm-hmm. It's definitely the kind of mission of the show. Um, I think first off starting a, talking about just like the transition from TikTok to Hulu special what I found interesting about it was kind of comparing the structure of the shows and like the things that they took from like the Kardashians, because obviously they are following in a similar footstep in a way, um, which we can get, obviously we're going to get more into, but I think just at base, they are trying to create a wealthy family narrative on a TV show, which is what the Kardashians have obviously pioneered for this generation of uh, like reality stars. Um, But, you know, there was a lot of like the card. It really made me feel like, oh, the Kardashians really do it best. You know, they really had the formula down and I, and you know, just begs the question, what is the next, like, can that really exist anymore? And I'm not sure that it can, because this, this uh, series was, um, was much darker. I would say just off the bat than than a lot of these kinds of, than a lot of the understanding of what reality shows are. And basically the experience of being a teenage TikToker, uh, as Naomi Fry put it in her article, looks like it really sucks. Um, there's a lot of struggles with online hate and uh, anxiety. Yeah, I mean, I would almost disagree though. You know, I feel like the first couple seasons of the Kardashians in a weird way, because they were so seemingly unaware of the camera it was it got to like really difficult places like chloe you know chloe went to jail and the famous like kim stop taking selfies your sister's in jail like that's a pretty dark place to be in and i you know you know like and i think that um so many articles and like the number one thing has been like oh this is a depressing show the kardashians are so much easier to watch and it's like of course like i agree the Kardashians is a better show. In many ways, they're a much more interesting family. They're a much more outgoing family. They have more personalities. But I think that you can make more of a parallel, though, between uh, like the reality TV epic that they're that they're situated in. Because yeah. even the Kardashians, okay. So I'm going to bring up something else. Like the, do you ever watch The Hills? Yes. With Lauren Comrade. So The Hills was fantastic, really, but also really dark. And Brody Jenner was in it, actually, who's the son of Caitlyn Jenner. 
Um, so like step sibling to the Kardashian Jenners anyway. Um, but it had to stop because Lauren Conrad developed bulimia mm-hmm. from being constantly washed, but because like mental health wasn't like such a, uh, active thing, you know, like people weren't like pe- it, people didn't accept mental health. The show was just canceled. Um, and then there was a new show that was based like in, instead of like her home being like the base of it, it was like her office, but the show failed. Mm-hmm. Right. But I feel like something that the Kardashians shifted into and that, that the D'Amelios do is this show is actually about their work. Like right. it's not actually about their life. It's about their work. And I just think that like, that's like so much more boring. Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, it's just like kind of like in the lineage of those sort of shows, you know, now what what being a kind of react what like what makes you a reality star for these like younger generations is largely like about Internet fame that like that the and the Internet fame supposedly already shows the inside of your life It's I'm just really interested to consider this, like what the different kinds of fame we're looking at are Um you know, like yeah. with the different kinds of like structures of how to stay famous and like what, just like what that all, what this show kind of means for that, because that's what really like kept coming into my mind when I was watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the D'Amelio is something that, uh, th- they're so beautiful. Yeah, they are. Dixie is quite breathtaking. Yeah, no, they're totally gorgeous. And I know that Nomi Fry in the New Yorker article, but but she was making a point that like Charlie, who's the younger sister, is like a beautiful and like your best friend type of way, not a frenemy type way. But that, you know, but that's such a, I feel like it's more difficult to be so to be beautiful in a best friend way than beautiful in a frenemy way. Because if someone's beautiful, I think especially when you're that age, you, you tend to kind of hate them. Like, right. and I think that even no matter what age you are, beautiful people are, are hated. Yes. Right. Or not mm-hmm. taken seriously or like yada, yada. But I think that they, they're very beautiful, but they, they can come off as very relatable. It's very accessible. I think that's part of the reason she's so, she got so TikTok famous is because she's just like cute. She's just like cute and, and beautiful in a very like easy breezy kind of way it's funny because there's something about it that's like it seems like oh like we're talking about a new show where there's these new structures in place right but like it's funny you know you're recalling like the click books you know they're kind of easy breezy pretty like we're it's still hinging on these kinds of like really basic kind of like tropes of like the popular girl because this is if, if you boil down this show like like if we really boil it down, it's like, it is kind of like, it's almost like being the popular girl in high school and like how sad her life. Yeah. That I was thinking that exact same thought about popularity is simply, it's not really even about fame. It's about like popularity. Right. I, I think that that's like on the nail on the head. So I used to read when I was a teenager or not a teenager, when I was like, uh, when I was in middle school, I used to read 17 magazine Right. I think that the only people who read it were like losers. But anyway, because I wasn't allowed to read it. (laughs) Right. And you were kind of I don't know, whatever. It's that's a whole other thing. But I remember there was always this like uh, I guess it was letters to the editor, but there were always these like girls who obviously were not popular 
being like, I saw the popular girl crying the other day and I realized that their lives weren't perfect. And everyone in the magazine or like the other comments in the magazine were like, yes, like we think that those lives are so perfect, but they're, but they're not, you know, it's like this weird mentality that you get into. I don't think I ever felt that way. I was just like kind of confused and wearing um, Merrill's for most of my high, for yeah, most of my high school experience. So tragic. Just like really happily wearing my Merrells, but then I like smoked weed and then I just like never stopped. And that was high school for me. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely like the dominant. I mean, I, yeah, I never had that experience. They're just like, there's also just like, that was, I think what's like interesting to me about watching the show is like, maybe I am kind of like, I feel like we're the right age where I can recall that experience of being in high school, you know, like somewhat easily, I would say, but I also feel like old enough that I'm like, what the fuck is this new generation of people doing? Like, I don't understand what this, like, I want to understand like this new part of like new era of media or whatever. But, you know, like, I do feel like that kind of 17, like letters, that is such, there's so much the dominant narrative of like popular girls. And like, I haven't thought about popularity like that in those exact terms in a really long time you know but this show is interesting because it kind of is just about like being popular but it kind of makes it so serious and 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 you know there is money involved and they are like brand ambassadors and they have a staff so it, it it's obviously there's higher stakes but you know a lot of these feelings that they're having like it is very high it's it's extremely high school and I don't know if high schoolers are watching this and enjoying it I feel like people right. are watching it. And I don't even know if like, if you're in high school right now, it's it's cool to to watch it. You oh. know, <laughs> I have no idea. Like I, um, oh my God, there's that incredible Gia Tolentino article about vaping, mm-hmm. right? Where she like went, she like went to high schools and like talked to high schoolers about vaping. And they were like, yeah, it's like really cool to vape when like when you're at parties, but like it's not cool to vape when you're not at parties. Like if you vape just at school, like you're addicted and that's gross. And I remember the same thing being true with cigarettes where it was like, it was so cool to like smoke on the weekend with like the hot bad boy, but like it was so uncool to like actually enjoy cigarettes you know that was like you're such a loser well that's the whole and that's the whole that's like what high school that's why high school is so terrifying for people because there are these little social hierarchies and rules that are made that are completely arbitrary but that everyone decides to agree on and it's all about like these actions that you take that if they fall a little outside of how it's supposed to go Mm -hmm. you're like immediately uncool you know, and I feel like maybe yeah. there's a similar structure going on in like the TikTok world or something. I mean, there has to be because those kids are all that age. Well, also, so I just before this, I rewatched the first episode of the D'Amelio show and they show like the pictures or the video clips of like them and their fans and their fans are all like 12. Yeah. Right. And it's um, yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's almost like a like a one direction crowd. Yeah, right. Well, but now, level fame, like she basically is a pop star. No, she is a pop star, and I think, but that's also, I don't know, it's like fascinating because she's also, you know, I feel like Dixie is more typical of what you like you and I are used to as a pop star, like 
so fucked up, probably has an eating disorder, like stunningly beautiful, but like can't like cannot function, right? Um, but but Charlie, who's even more popular and famous, is just like this little goody two shoes who is like, I don't want to drive above four miles an hour, mommy. And like, I, I don't think I've ever snuck out of the house. And her parents, there's a scene where her parents, like, we will literally leave the door open for you. Like, we'll pretend we're not looking, honey. Like, go have a little bit of a life. Like, she's such a good girl. It's kind of, I mean, it's endearing, but it's strange to be so famous and so naked. It's, I mean, it's a very sexy thing to be that famous. Right. But it's, Right. But I think like because her of her age, she knows that to some extent, but she doesn't want that. Like I found her to be like infantilizing herself constantly yeah. in the yes. show. Yeah. And like, you know, like she doesn't really want to be a grown up and be famous because I think she's like terrified of that. Like I think she's like, I think there's part of like her narrative that's like because she's a kid, you know, like. Like, it's like all these people saying mean things to her. Like, you can't say that to her. She's only a 15 year old girl. Like she's a kid, you know, like that's like kind of the resounding sentiment from everybody's like, you know, she's just a kid. She's a girl. There's an element here. That's like this narrative of like protection, because I think she's the only one protecting herself. I really don't. It doesn't really seem like anybody else. Like her parents are like, have no idea what the fuck they're doing. And they also seem like ready to be famous. And I feel like she shows she's like at once very infantilized, but has like seemingly no protection. Well, she is, she's a very interesting case of someone who's like self-parenting yeah. to such an extent exactly that she can't grow up because she has such an idea of what like a good parent is. Like, you know, like she, she thinks that good parent, good daughter, but because her parents are so atypical, I think that she craves a type of like so-called normalcy in terms of the parental units, you know, like I feel like if her parents were like strict or if her parents were like don't go to Los Angeles, she would be a lot like more of a badass. I mean, the, the parents are definitely nut jobs. I think that Charlie and Dixie are pretty typical teenagers and you get the two ends of the spectrum where Dixie is kind of like a badass, obviously is like having a lot of sex and having a really good time doing it and like you know she you know doing the drugs doing whatever yeah that's what she sings about it's how she looks it's how she comports herself and charlie's on the other end just like a goody two-shoes she wants to get straight a's and be a dancer and like right like she doesn't even know but it's also but the parents are um the parents kind of want to be they want to be teenagers with their kids. Right. And that's not yeah. like a big statement or whatever, but it's, I think the parents probably want to be on like real housewives of Beverly Hills or something mm -hmm. for sure. Like the mom wants to be like Lisa Rinna or Kyle Richards, like with the two famous kids or Yolanda Hadid or whatever. And so I think that, I think that the parents, uh, I don't want to say that they're bad parents because there's so many different, I think all parents are bad parents to a certain extent, you know, but I, I, I don't, I think that the kids or especially Charlie really wants a certain type of parents. Yes. That's not being reflected. But, you know, something I also kept thinking about is that what, so Charlie's 16 in the show, Charlie's 16 and Dixie is 19, right? I kept being like, I miss skins. 
remember skins did you ever watch that no it wasn't really my speed but oh my god it was was more of a charlie than a dixie if you know what i mean (laughs) i feel like i don't even know who i think i was just like so lost i don't who was i in high school was i a charlie or a dixie definitely more of a dixie so i guess i was more of a dixie so for those of you who don't know skins is probably the best scripted television show in the history of the universe period uh, not my opinion, it's just the truth, but it's about this like uh, dysfunctional group of British teenagers who like all they do is like have sex and do drugs and have like horrible parents. Right. Right. And like the show is just about them doing those doing those things. And that was such like a pivotal TV moment in my child or not childhood, but like teenagehood, because I would like religiously watch that show. And that's kind of like how I would base my life decisions. Right. Right. And a lot of them go to like Cambridge, like at the end, it's like some of them are like, fuck college. I don't want to go to college. But some of them like go to Cambridge and Oxford. And I was like, oh, so like you can actually be really fucked up in high school and like go crazy and have sex and do drugs and like still have a adulthood ahead of you. Well, I think what we're talking about, which is like really interesting, is like this model of what you're supposed to what a teenager is. Mm-hmm. like what's living life to your fullest. And I think for our age, I would say that that model was that it was like the Degrassi skins, like fucked up shit going on in your high school. And like, yeah, like sex and cigarette, like that was like what was sex and cigarettes. <laughs> that was like the media portrayal of like cool high school or whatever, you know? And I think we should, we, we should have a teenager as a guest. I don't, no, I no longer know any teenagers because my sister's <laughs> 21. But, um, you know, I wonder like what the model teenager is now. Like, but it's kind of comforting maybe in a way or something that they're both still playing into the classic tropes of like a Taylor Swift song. Teenage girls are basically always divided into like a goody two shoes and like the slutty one. And right. like, as sisters, they have to do that to have a successful career as a family because they can't have too good. They're kind of supposed to be doing that, which I think is kind of, and that makes me think about this kind of idea. Like they always talk about on this show, like having a normal teenage life in quotes, right? This like idea of like, oh, I'm not really living a normal life or what would it be like to have a normal life? And obviously having cameras follow you around isn't normal, but like I don't know how much of this like isn't that normal. Like I feel like teenagers are like on TikTok freaking out about how people comment about them on the on the internet. Like I don't know how not normal it is. I actually I I know one teenager. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh Chris's cousin. Right. Actually I do uh, know one. I, I know Sam's cousin who's a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. And he I never know how to like act around him. Cause he yeah. looks like an adult, you know what I mean? He like has a deep voice, like he's tall, you know what I mean? Like he's fully developed, but I'm always like, I need to like catch myself. Cause I'm like, should I not like what can or can't I'm always like, do you want a glass of wine? And he's like, I can't drink. My parents are going to be so mad. And I'm always like, whoa. Yeah. I don't know. Like if we want to go into this now, but it is this kind of whole other thing for me watching it feeling like the older person in the culture for the first time maybe Mm -hmm. that I'm conscious of like I feel like there's like parts of like culture and like the media that aren't really um for me and like I guess that like makes sense but I don't know there's something in that that like 
because I always feel like I've been like, I, well, I'm young or like, you know, you, we watch The Bachelor and everyone's your age and you're like, Jesus, like, you know, it's like. But I feel young. Even when I see that other people are 25 on that show, I'm like, oh my Lord. Like you are literally much older. <laughs> they're just like another tribe of 25. Like I relate more to teenagers and like my psyche than I relate to like people my age. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I guess what's interesting to me too about this show and like speaking of generational differences is the show really plays that up. And um, like Quen Blackwell, who I now follow on Instagram and who is like skyrocketed to like Instagram baddie fame. Um, <laughs> she is always showing her ass and I'm like, smoothest ass I've ever seen in my life but um she um she has following a, now they're having a they're having like hibachi catered dinner um because like Charlie's mom is like you need to see our friends it's normal and um and Quinn is like and everyone's saying and somebody says you guys are all so polite and Quinn says oh it's out of fear or somebody says it's out of fear Quen says that, yeah. And then Quen says, like, you know, for us, for our generation, it's like, you know, like there's a third perspective. There's this third person that's always in your life. And that's like your phone or like social media or whatever. And that really struck me because it felt like there's this whole aspect of the show that is kind of explaining Gen Z and the internet to 30 year olds. <laughs> That's so good. This show is for people like us. It literally, right. I don't think teenagers, like, it's literally like, cause there's parts where like they're talking about it and they just are really basically talking about like the experience of like what it's like to live your life on social media. And I think that there's some, there's obviously like some people who do and there's some people who do in like much different ways, but like that is a pretty specific experience. And I do feel like they are kind of explaining how the internet works. Like I wrote that down in my notes. I've just always thought it would be such a sexy thing to be, to have like a third person watching you. And maybe that's just like my own weird sexual fantasy. I don't mean it, it just in terms of sex. I just, I mean it in terms of like, I, you you see people who really get off on having people watch them you know i first of all first of all you have the obvious example of the like the crew that started all of this which was kim kardashian and paris hilton's dual sex tapes right and that's like inviting the camera into the bedroom to kind of like you're the third like it is a sexual thing it's like a sexual thing that you're doing and not that i want to like sexual lot it's not sexual in terms of like penis and vagina that type thing I think that it's more sexual in terms of being watched it's an intimacy and like in the contemporary cultural psyche that type of staring at or listening to that intimacy is really only reserved for the sexual or the sensual or the intimate yes I think that's a very astute point. I, I think, I think too, that there's this like idea of like being watched and being seen, right? Like, I think that like, you know, I think that there's in a lot of ways, like TikTok functions as this way of like, like, I think at the end, her mom, Heidi says like, you know, TikTok is great for introverts. It's this like f- way of like com- connecting 
quote unquote, or like having a community that you are a part of, but that you don't have to like face to face interact, which is an interesting thing to considering what you're talking about. Right. It's like, is being watched or being seen, like what makes that, is it like more tempting when there's no face-to-face interaction? Cause like the Kim and Paris era was like, that was like something that happened, but then like there was still all this like real life parts of them. And like, these people are like, their whole thing is interior. It's like all one-on-one, you know, it's all people experiencing it from just by themselves. You know, it's like, there's not like a collective, there's less of a collective experience of it or something. I don't know if collective is the right word, but yeah. Well, so I'm also, I think that the teenager I'm most obsessed with, but she's now just turned 20 years old. is Emma Chamberlain. Yes. I really love Emma Chamberlain. Um, I, I just do. It's not ironic or anything. I just, I just really love that girl. Um, but, you know, one of her videos, it was like Alone in New York Part 2. There was a comment that was like, I love you. I feel like you're my best friend, but we don't even like you don't even know who I am. And that I mean, I f- it's so safe to be someone's best yeah. friend when, you know, when it is social media. Maybe that's boring, but, you know, it's also like so I don't have an OnlyFans and I'm not a sex worker so it's I don't have like the experience to back this up but just like I've my friends who are and like the discourse that I've seen through them is like a good amount of sex workers like only fans because it adds a certain type of of protection right and like you don't need to you don't I don't know. I don't, and I don't want to like misrepresent sex workers on OnlyFans or like uh, butcher the words of of my friends. But there's for sure a difference between recording yourself, doing sex acts with yourself, and and engaging in like physical sex acts with with other people. And that's that's like too basic. I think that in many ways that's like too basic a distinction. But like for sure, the camera is representative it's like a metaphor like the camera is like representative of millions of people as charlie d'amelio says can you even imagine a hundred million people but that's what the camera is like that's what your phone is it's like this like weird portal um metonymy yeah yeah um right so that's i think that that's something yeah i mean i think yes i think that there is like a complete different set of like socialization that's happening you know with like this kind of like the kind of tiktok teens but the pervasive message of the d'amelio show is that that is a terrible situation to be in from everybody that like they're all like they all suffer from a constant anxiety attack is a a quote and this might be an easily answerable question i just don't have an answer yet but it's like so so the Kim in Paris, you know, inviting voluntarily bringing a camera into their into their sex lives, leaking the tape, you know, whatever the tapes get leaked, you know, they skyrocket to fame. They I guess it's just become more of a performance in this era, like with the D'Amelio of like the performance of being like anxious about your fame is like more part of becoming famous because, you know, like for the Kardashians and stuff like that was not a thing except for Kylie and Kendall. 
who are like the ones who like are able to talk about it because they're like work came up in front of the camera. But maybe, yeah, maybe it really is just kind of a question of like the performance of fame and what we now expect from like internet famous people. Yeah, maybe. I mean, this just came to me, but I think it may also be about like consent, right? Like, yeah, you know, like Kim and for all Courtney complains about it, like they all were like consenting adults, right? And I say that in terms of like sex wise, like they, you know, and videotape wise, because I think that I'm I'm kind of on that wavelength right now where the video sex and videotape, sex lives and videotape or whatever. Um, like they all agreed to it in a very conscious way. I think that they all wanted to be famous. And I, you know, I think that's something that makes the D'Amelio's quote unquote relatable is that they're so uncomfortable being famous and I think that that's also like a big teenage thing right is being so awkward and uncomfortable like all the time and I think that it's like the reason that out of all those TikTok stars that they're the most popular I think is because they're like oh we don't even want this like it makes them seem as if they don't they trade in all the popularity to just be like another unpopular person, which I guess makes them seem less conceited or less yada yada. Like right. the only reason they're there is for external reasons. It's not because they wanted it. They don't, they didn't even want it. You don't know you're beautiful as the one direction lyric goes. That, that's totally their brand. And, but it's like, that's like in opposition to this kind of like, for me, it's my like original concept of, celebrity or whatever is the kind of Kim K Paris era and like but they're like in conflict with that it's also like directly referencing that Charlie says in the beginning like I don't consider myself famous like she literally says those words you know and and it's like that I think is just fascinating to think about like what does she think famous is like what does she think me being famous means and maybe it comes down to that same question of like famous versus popular and is there yeah. a difference now? I don't know. I was also thinking a lot about, um, I was just remembering my my days in, in high Fieldston, ethical culture Fieldston school and how it was always like, and I think this is just a thing with teenagers and maybe it's different now. I don't know. Maybe people are more sex positive now, but for me, it was always like the, the girls who like, were really beautiful, but like v- almost very prude, were always hotter or always more desired than the girls who were very obvious about their desire for sex. Or at least the girls who were obvious about their desire for sex were like branded as like slutty or like you can't date her or like embarrassing when like a guy hooked up with them. I think that now high schoolers, it seems like they're like more gay and they also like have more of an idea about consent. And there's like, like, I think that most of the guys that I knew in high school would have been canceled like in two seconds if they had yeah. done half of the shit that they had done for sure. To me, my friends and everyone else. But not that it was necessarily bad. It was just like, you know, that that's a whole other thing. Um, But I think that there's something about this strange fame consent where you're more likable or you're more lovable if you don't even want it. You're like being coy about it. Yeah, 
Definitely. But that's so the consent thing is maybe like the hinging thing. It's like, yeah, maybe they're just popular because you don't have to give your consent to be popular. Some people just Mm -hmm. are popular. Maybe that there's this idea that you have to give. Maybe Charlie saying, I don't consider myself famous is her being like, I don't want to be famous. She's saying like, I don't accept that title. Like, I don't accept that. It's so, but that's the whole, and that's the whole thing about this whole show is like, it's all, every action is, is a non-action. Like even more so than the Kardashians lounging around on their couches doing nothing. Right. So intensely passive, so intensely passive. That's such a good point where every action is a non-action, right? Because they're not, even though they're, they're doing a lot of shit, you know, you think they're, they're doing the brands and they're, they have the clothing line and they have the, this and the, that, and they're waking up early and yada, yada, but it all, right. Cause the reality, I think that with the Kardashians, they were so so Nomi Fry had that had a point in that New Yorker essay where she was like the interviews for the Kardashians were like plot points like they move the plot forward yeah. but the interviews in the D'Amelio show they're like much more like seemingly wholesome mm-hmm. they're um they're they're it's really like interviews they seem more like interviews than um what what are they called um whatever confessionals than, yeah, than confessionals. I see more like interviews than confessionals. And I think that that's even part of the passivity as as well, because it's not that they want, they don't even want the Hulu show, but they're, you know, they're kind of pushed to the point where they need to prove that they're real. Like they're so strangely mm. desirable that people want to know even more about them. So they have to be interviewed and it, it takes up even more of their time and they hate it and they're uncomfortable and they're sweating and they're throwing up and they're crying because of the fame and the cameras you know it becomes like this whole it's like an enemy you know like it's even though they're so famous and they're so loved and they're so popular and j-lo is telling them that everyone loves them right? right they still feel as if they're vilified they feel as if the world is their enemy like no one's on their team they have that like emo girl alone at lunch vibe Right. And like, there's part of that that I think is just like simply being 15. They all ascribe to this performance of their fame. Like they all do the same. They all have the same shtick. Well, in a way that their Hulu show is just the prequel to the Kardashian Hulu show. Uh, Because we all know the Kardashians are coming out with the Hulu show. So I think that Hulu is being like, look at what we can do with this family. Like, we'll show you that we can we can make something that's more highbrow almost than E. Because I think that the show right. is trying to be more highbrow or have more of like an editorial or even more behind the scenes because it deals with their mental health and their realness and their struggles in a way that the E, e network never never was able to do with the Kardashians. So I think that it's they're they're almost using the Demilios who they're probably paying a lot. I mean, I don't know. It's once you get to a million, I'm like I don't I don't know, I don't understand what money is. But uh, but I, I kept feeling also like it was a precursor or it was their test drive and what works and what doesn't work yeah. for gearing up with the Kardashians. That's a very good point. I mean, I also think to think that there's this kind of other thing that's going on, too, where you're watching them and she's saying, like, I just need a week off. Like, I just need some time off. And then her time off, she's filming TikToks with her other TikTok star friends. 
and it becomes clear for me. I was like, it clicked. I was like, oh, there, there is no version of her life that she doesn't film. Right. Well, that's the whole thing, you know, it's, and I think that that even is like, okay, so why are you still doing it? I think that it's like, yeah, she obviously does just want to make like stupid videos with her friends. Like that's fun. I like making stupid, like in a way, this podcast is just making like an endless stupid video with my friend, you know? (laughs) So I had a, I had a question for you or an observation that is going to turn into a question. So I find it very fascinating that good girl, Charlie was once dating bad boy Lil Huddy, but bad girl Dixie is dating like good boy straight out of a Marvel movie, Noah. (laughs) Right? And I just, I, what do you think is up with that? Because wouldn't you think that Dixie would date Lil Huddy and that like Charlie would date Noah if they actually were who they, or do you think that their desires are just like opposite or I think once again, like, I feel like what I'm realizing in this conversation is like, we're, we're operating with the same really basic structures of understanding of like teenage desires and teenage life. And we just have this right. new thing that's been plopped into it, which is like TikTok and this whole thing. But I think that that's like a pretty tried and true narrative, you know, like, like yeah. the, like the cool kind of bad boy, like he just loves his prom queen and like you know the, I guess that is like breakfast club it's totally it's the same freaking yeah same exact teenage narrative and like you know like the cool weird girl like the jock sweeps her off her feet and it's an unlikely couple and and those are narratives that have made other people jealous for you like that's a whole like oh my god you're right okay literally we're realizing that this show is literally about being a teenager and it's like basically the breakfast club <laughs> I just realized when I said that, I just realized that it it legitimately follows the logic of the breakfast that's club. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I think that you're right. That's actually, that's so ridiculous to think about where it's like, they really are just repeating the same tried and true tropes yeah. that weren't even made for us. Like those were not, what's that movie with Keith Ledger that everyone loves about high school? 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. I love that movie. Great movie. Yeah, I never got it because I, I don't like blondes. Okay, she's I like, like a weird, cool blonde, though. No, the Heath Ledger. I oh, like him in so Brokeback Mountain. In that movie. I like <laughs> I like him when he's gay. Sure, sure. Well, that's a whole that's a whole other a whole thing. other <laughs> bunch of people. Most of America. <laughs> I know exactly, but um, no, but that that's not the point. The point is like we had ten things I hate about you. We had Mean Girls. Oh my God. Mean Girls is probably the film of our time. I think at one point in my life, I knew every single word to Mean Girls. Or like even yeah. Super Bad. Like I okay, love. <laughs> I mean, I love Super Bad. Those were like the classic high school movies that like yes. we and our generation would watch over and over and over and over and over and over again, right? But yeah. they all, but of course they all have those same tropes. And I feel like the TikTok was like Judd Apatow or like Tina Fey. And like, those were the big recognizable brands like, Lindsay Lohan, Jonah Hill, like all those big names, right? And they're all about like, you're so, oh my God, I'm such a loser, but like that person's so popular, but it's like from the narrative of the losers. So I guess what the D'Amelio show is trying to do is they're trying to make Charlie and Dixie the protagonists by situating them as as the loser, right? The passive loser who are just trying to have their one big night out, but it's, it's real, right? But it's real life. 
So it's necessarily ongoing. That is what I would call a searing hot take. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Jemima. No, I mean, for sure. Like that is, but the thing is they are also kind of are the losers. Like they're the ones who have no friends and who are afraid to leave their house. I want to just also touch on um, the extensive amount of clothing with phrases on it. Social tourist. Like what branding major at Harvard University came up with that one, you know? There's another sweatshirt that I that I wrote down like that says the views there are amazing. Noah Beck is wearing a shirt that says camera shy on it. And he's right. in front of the camera. He's a YouTuber. It is empty. It is it is essentially empty. I was thinking about that same thing with this like the kind of constant um, discussion of anxiety. I'm like, do you, w- w- at this point, what do you, what are you talking about? What do you mean you're anxious? Like, right. what does that actually look like for you in your day to day? You know, like right. no one can really explain that, but like the phrases, anxiety and mental health are equally empty signifiers. It's like Hulu is like, oh, what's real? Mental health is real. Anxiety yeah. is real. If we show that it's gonna be real. But it's great way to think about it because it's like needing to anchor things in the real, which is the words on the shirts. It's like the shirt is real because it has words on it. (laughs) Right. Or it's right. It's like the empty obviousness of it all. You know, people have shirts now that say like anxiety or something. Feels like there's a lot to talk about, but I think that what I have actually come clearer out of this conversation understanding is that they are basically using a format that is not the Kardashians, that is not like about reality TV, but it is actually just one of classic teenage drama narrative. And that that's yeah. actually what to focus on. And I think I was misleading myself by trying to be like, what's happening with this reality TV wise? But it's really much more fictional and narrative-y. It's really paying much more homage to that than any sort of reality TV tradition. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think that that's also kind of like what Real Housewives and Kardashians is as well, if you think about it in terms of like a sitcom. Yeah. Right. Like they're none of them are based off of the ebbs and flows of reality. Scripted television is much more true to that. Right. Like skins, even though it's like, no, like half that shit would never happen when you're in high school. Right. But it's like the narrative structure of that show is much more close to the feelings of strange desolation and like no resolve and ongoingness that reality actually is. But then when you have reality television, it's much more based off of like, how can each episode be its own little comfort world? Right. It's like, for sure. Yeah, it's it's more it's more like the I guess like platonic ideal of the scripted whatever. And also these shows are so moral. Like the reality TV shows have such a morality to them. Mm-hmm. Like um this one is like the internet is bad, <laughs> which is such a boomer thing. That's like such a boomer like moral statement to take away right yeah and I you know you you I mean you see that with with any narrative like almost all narrative is allegorical Mm -hmm. they're all teaching tales and not all of them that's such a broad statement but like uh, but in a general statement every author has their own set of morals every 
every good novel and even all bad novels have a philosophy that they're trying to get across. You can't write anything. You can't edit something without your own social philosophy. Yeah, I mean, there you have it. The the D'Amelio's is a show that's happening and um, happened. It's already over. And now you don't have to watch it because we just told you about it. I would say I would say it's actually not worth watching. Like, I think Kardashians are. I think that you should watch the Kardashians and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but you don't need to watch the D'Amelio show. Yeah, it's it's honestly pretty boring. (laughs) It's just pretty sad. Basically, what I would realize I was doing is I was like, okay, so I'm watching a child be anxious. Right. It's like, you don't want to watch a child cry. Like she's I don't a wanna... child. She's a, she feels so much like a child. I know. And she has that quite, you were, you said it perfectly. She has that little teenage voice where she's just like, hi, like, um, you know, it just makes me a little anxious. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What was the question? <laughs> yeah. Like she, you really just feel, you don't, you, I feel like I could, there's no possible way I could be in a room alone with her. No. Hell no. No, it's like I'd have to. I would just want to give her, her like a hug, maybe. I don't know. I know. I just want, but I think that that's also another point of the show where yeah, people are sure. like, oh, poor baby. Oh, you're so pretty, but you don't, it doesn't even matter that you're pretty and perfect and rich. Like, I feel so bad for you. I definitely think like that there's like a version of this, which we like got a tiny glimpse into where it's like the camera shut off and she's like, where's my fucking iced coffee? <laughs> yeah. Right. And I think that that was kind of the undertone. Is everyone scared of her? Like the, like her boss, like that random guy, I feel so bad for him. His boss is a 16 year old girl. (laughs) I "I don't want to. And he's like, okay. And she's like, I just really don't think, I think that's really stupid. Don't you think that's stupid? Like she's such a teenager at points where she's like, well, that's dumb. Why would I do that? And they're like, well, um, I have five degrees in marketing from yeah. every single Ivy League school, <laughs> but I guess you know best, Charlie. Or it's like the team from like the team from Hollister being on Zoom being like, hi, girls. I'm like, oh, my God, how depressing would it be to be in marketing right now? Like, and you have to talk to teams. Hitco, the, the, the music thing. It's like, oh, my God, Hitco with all this older woman and they're like, just sing. She's like, I can't sing. Like, just sing. <laughs> We have spent our whole lives wanting to be you. <laughs> I know it's so We're 35. <laughs> it's so depressing, honestly. It's, so... it's just those are my favorite parts when they're like one yeah. on one, like interacting with like actual adults who like did not come from rich families, who like TikTok was was like decades in the future when they were born. It's just hilarious. Oh, it's it's, it's like, hysterical. With a career versus a random social media rich girl from Connecticut. That's those are just gold, yeah. golden moments. On this really show. gold. Really <laughs> um. All right. Well, as always, lovely to talk with you. You too. Um. Everyone out there listening, go uh, listen to some of our other episodes. We just released one with um the friend of the pod becca teich which uh was pretty juicy convo we it's a not safe for work (laughs) yeah um it talks about sexuality um and desire if you can handle it we also talk about camille donatachi's uh tarmac pubes yeah so go there to get that information because you do not want to miss extra extra read all about it (laughs) 
Yeah, I can't stop looking at the picture of Camille Donatachi's tarmac pubes. But that's, again, that's my own hill to conquer. Yes, yes. Anyway, lovely talking to you. Lovely talking with you. Um, Thanks for listening. Bye.